Hey, friends. Thanks for joining us today on Springs and Roots. We have a fantastic podcast for you today, as usual. That's right. We have invited Pastor Mark back into the studio to have another conversation with us that is so timely. Yes. Today, we're getting a little bit of a behind the scenes of what it has looked like to pastor during 2020, specifically during a pandemic and lots of tension in the nation. Yeah, it's a fabulous episode. I gained a lot of insight and I hope you will too. So thanks for listening. Here we go. do a second podcast with Pastor Mark, and we're going to talk about something that a lot of people are going to be able to relate to. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I'm a PK. I'm a pastor's kid. And through this whole pandemic, I have been saying, I'm so glad that I'm not a pastor. Yeah. Come on <laughs> said now. said that on our first podcast. <laughs> yeah. I totally did. Because I feel like as a pastor riding the waves of COVID and governmental oversight or undersight or whatever your opinion is on that, and then on top of that, adding in all the racial injustice mm-hmm. and everything that's happened, I feel like as a pastor, pardon my language, but you're damned if you do, you're damned oh, if yeah. you don't. No doubt. And I just, I just, my heart goes out to you, honestly, because I feel like your, your email box has probably been flooded mm. <laughs> with both good and bad. So anyways, we were talking about it, and Linda had this great idea just you know, back a peek in the back door, I yeah, think yeah. for our listeners, um, ways to support and, and, and cover in prayer and just have some insight and understanding, which is what we all need right now. Yeah. And so for those that don't know Pastor Mark, one of the things that he is very passionate about is church unity. And that means big C church. That's right. Um, and so you, because of that, you have a lot of relationships with different pastors in the middle Tennessee area. And so, yeah, we just wanted to invite you into a conversation. It's always easier to, um, kind of just have those good relations when you hear the other side. And so we we just want to talk to you today from a pastor's point of view. There's a lot in there, man. That's a, that's, that's a big chunk right there. I mean, you know, it, it absolutely is. Uh, I've said this many times, and I believe this, that there is a big gap right now in leadership in our nation, in the world. People are not leading because nobody knows what they're doing. And so we are desperate for leaders. We're looking for leaders. And, you know, let let me throw another thing on there. We have an election coming up. Uh, There is more division in this nation and in the church than I've ever seen. Now, again, I'm 45, so I've not been around along. Somebody, some older crew may be saying, look, this ain't nothing I've been through. But what we haven't, what we've seen in this particular time is that 2020 has been absolutely 100% an attack against humanity. It's not even a church thing. It's just the world, but the church is the hope. That's what Christ says is we're the hope and we have to get this right. And I think that's the problem is pastors, as you mentioned, are struggling. Like, what do we do? And so it's been a challenge. It absolutely is a challenge. But, you know, the good news is, is we have the hope. Good news is we have the, we have the joy. We have the peace. We have all of that. We just got to get it right. We just got to figure out what to do. And the word is full of 
answers to all of this. Yes, that's good. And so let's just, I would love to do like a, a recap from the timeline. Okay. Um, I might have flashbacks here. You might, I might start <laughs> cringing. Yeah, come on. Um, because I specifically remember, you know, that weekend in March, I guess it was at the beginning of March. It yeah. was almost like this slow crawl of yeah. the news coming out, you know, um, with what was happening with COVID in the United States. Yeah. And I remember the last Sunday that we were in church, I think that the, the latest mandate was people couldn't gather for more than a hundred people. And so for our church, we averaged that. Well, we averaged more than that, but you know, give or take who's not there and not in three different services, three different services. Right. So I remember, and you, you know, you gave a really powerful sermon on not letting fear take hold. And that was so prophetic. Like at that time we couldn't have even known (laughs) how much we needed that. Um, Don't let fear take hold. And so the very next week churches stop like a train, this huge train that just comes to a complete stop. No churches across America are meeting. As a pastor, how did you feel about that? Wow, man, there's so much in there. Like I'll say this first and foremost, we were, my wife and I were coming in from Israel. We we had gone on a trip, uh, 10 day uh, trip to Israel. And so we were riding a wave in back in. I mean, literally we got in the week before that week that I spoke and it was like, I, I don't even, I, I don't even remember like even processing that trip as much. It was my second, my wife's first, but we were riding this wave and I'm looking at people wearing masks. I'm like, wow, this is really serious. You know, uh, Italy was going through some things. We're like, okay. And as soon as we got here and we started going, it, it felt like everything was, was throttled up like high speed. And I remember that Sunday because that Sunday in particular, there were actually some churches that had begun closing. And I was like, we're going to do this Sunday. We're going to do it. Like we're going to do it. I'm thankful we did because it was like the last hurrah for us. But as we did it, you could feel in some ways like this tension, like nobody knows what's going on because every day for us in Tennessee, it was like, it felt like every Sunday there was a new mandate. It was like right after church that we went from like 250 to hundred to 50 to 10 to close everything down. And so we're sitting here trying to like process all this information, but we also like, we love to gather, you know, that like we really enjoy being together. So there was this tension and I don't think I really understood, of course, nobody did what we were getting ready to do, but I feel like for me, I felt like, and this, I hate this. And I don't think every pastor hates this when you're responding Like all you're doing is responding to things as opposed to casting vision and being proactive. And I think that was the hardest thing. I felt like every week we're trying to respond to things that we have no idea what they are. So how do you feel like that, like that maybe loss of momentum on top of shutting down, how do you feel like that has impacted your church specifically as a whole? Yeah. Well, you know, we're still processing through it. Uh, Luckily here in Tennessee, uh, we have less restrictions than like California. So we've, we've, we started meeting back in, in June again in person. And, you know, it, there's still so much information process. One of the things like, I, I love vision. I, I, you say, well, what's your five-year vision? What's your 10 year? How much time do you have? Like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do it. But I, it's like, I, I, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to just think about tomorrow. Now this is all biblical, of course, but you know, we love vision, but you know, scripture says, don't worry about tomorrow. Just, just focus on today. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, I see that happen to happen now because like, like you almost can't even plan too far in advance. Cause you don't know what's going to take place. So I think if I were to say like, 
from my perspective, it's, it's caused me to rethink why, why we do certain things. Do these things matter in this particular environment or better yet, do they matter to God at all? Because like we, you know, we're, we're a church. I would say we're a medium sized church. I would probably put that in there. So we're not, we're not thousand of people. So we don't have all those bells and whistles. We're not, we're not a small church where we're, we're, we're trying to figure out we're right in the middle, which in some ways is a challenge because you're trying to grow to this level. And so you see what these churches are doing. Of course, social media helps with that, right? We can see what you're doing, what you're eating, what you're thinking, how big your LED screen is. Everything is on there. And, and you feel the pressure as a pastor to do that. But when all of this stuff happened, it's like instantly you're going, none of it matters. Like we're, we're in a building. Okay. So I'll even say this. We were in a building campaign. Like we were, we have land, we're getting ready to build. And the week or two before everything got shut down, we had a big event. We were casting vision. This is what we're doing. People were excited. It was a great event. And then bam, it's like, and I said to the Lord, like what happened? The momentum, we were flowing and going. It was great. And the Lord was just like, I want you to pause it. And so I told our team, we're pausing everything that has to do with building. doesn't matter right now. We are focusing on the people, which we all say we do that, but let's be honest. In any corporation, any ministry, you start focusing on other things. And I think that's the problem. The church has focused on other things. We focus on the building. We focus on the activities. We focus on the departments. And sometimes we forget it's about the people. And so that was kind of, I, I, like, to, I like to equate it to like when you get your car worked on it, the alignment's out. Like the, the car still works, yeah. but you got to bring it in and get it re, realigned. Yeah, and, that's and that's true. really what I feel the Lord's doing to churches. Now, with that said, from a pastor standpoint, Oh man, God's like re- realigning pastors. Like it's, it, it's got to start with the head. Like we got to get our hearts right. Why are we doing this? Like, are we really in this because it's, it's cool. It's fun. Look how great I am. I'm a great communicator. I got nothing else I want to do. Or are we doing it because we were called to do it? And this, this season of pandemic, this season of, of quarantine, all this stuff has literally caused every pastor, whether they're a 10,000 member church or, or a hundred to rethink why am I doing this? Yeah. Am I called to do this? Because if you're not, it, 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 it's going to burn you up. Yeah. It's, not worth, it. it's no. not worth it. It's not worth it. I've, tr- I've tried to tell the Lord many times over these last eight months, like you can have the church back. Like this is your church. You know, you know how like we love when it, when everything's going well, we're like, this is God's blessed me with this church. As soon as things go bad, God, this is your church. Yeah. Well, you know, and so that's where pastors are right now. Oh man, maybe that's where it was supposed to go to. That's right. Yeah. Now. Jesus, your church, your it's, problem. It's your church. It's your, yeah. And you know what, man? It, it's so good to see because it's like, I think I, 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 I'm looking at this. I don't want to say from the back end of it, cause we're still kind of going through it really as a nation, as a world, but, but I'm starting to see, and I've been asking the Lord, like, what are, what's, what's, what's your heart for this? Like you didn't cause this, this isn't your plan. You're not trying to kill humanity, punish us. But what your heart is, is to see the church rise up. And so where do we need to rise up? It's interesting listening to you talk because I think what you're saying that the Lord kind of about focusing on today or tomorrow for yourself, for your church Mm -hmm. as a body is very much what he has said to both of us. But I mean, to me very specifically was it's okay to make your world really small right now. It is okay. And there's health in that and there's good. And it's kind of, he's pruning, but he's also showing us, I think, or me personally, 
how to care really well for what is really good right. and not overstretch or whatever. And so I think it's a similar message. I think that's really interesting to me because I think one of the things for me that has been the most disheartening during the season is I feel like there's been a little bit of a lack from our spiritual fathers. Like there's not a lot of speaking out, you know, there's not a lot of like from a pulpit. I mean, maybe in individual small churches, but, but, but in a a corporate sense across the nation, there hasn't been a voice or two or three that I've really heard rise up and speak into this. And so I think it's interesting to hear that what the Lord has been saying to me personally is something that he's been speaking to you for your church as well in a yeah. similar word. And so I think that, that I find that really encouraging. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, Let, let me, let me talk about that for yeah. a moment if I can, because it really is a difficult season for leaders because, and, and I'm going to come from a spiritual standpoint because I yeah. think that's how we have to, um, there really has been a divisive spirit that has been released on this nation. Absolutely. You know, I can't speak to the other nations, but I could speak to America and if you stand up for the police, you're going to get retaliation. If you stand up for black people, you're going to get a retaliation. If you stand up wherever you're at, there is a large and loud group of people. Well, let me just say large. Sometimes it's just loud. Yeah. A group of people that will come after you. So you have to, and I think this is so key. This is what I've learned. I have to weigh every word that I speak. And I wanted to make sure that it, because I'm going to live and die and fight on the mountain of the gospel. So if God said it, I know people are going to be angry about it, but man, I'm ready to fight for that because it's God's words. I just don't want Mark's words and Mark's thoughts to come out that don't line up with the word. And here I am fighting for something. God's like, I I didn't even give you that. Like that wasn't even something I told you to talk about. So we we've addressed in our church, you know, we've addressed racism. We've addressed these things. And I I've been very passionate about having a diverse church, whether it's age or culture. And you have to fight for that because now we're in a divisive, we're in a divisive time, uh, divisive election, everything about anything, whether it's masks or who's going to be our president is divisive. And now we're tying in all these other things to everything else. So if you don't want to wear a mask, you like, you know, Donald Trump, if you want to wear a mask, you like Joe Biden. And I'm like, wait, how does a mask and the election of a president come together? So now like you take all of that and you put it into a church. And now as a pastor, because I've said this before, church is the only place I believe in the world where you will come together with people that you have nothing in common with except Jesus. I mean, you can go, you go to school, you're all going for the same education. You go to a club or a gathering, you're all there for one reason, everything else except the church. In, in our church, we have all different colors, all different ages and all different backgrounds and even people that think differently. And that is what makes the church to me so beautiful. With that said, the thing that lines us all up is the gospel, is what we believe. Now, with that said, you're going to have tension. And you have to navigate that. But when you preach as a pastor, you have to be confident in the word. And so you have to say, this is what the word says, because then someone has a problem with the word, not with me. Like, I'm just, I'm just a messenger. Like, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you what God's word says about all of this stuff. But, but it's, it's tough. It's tough because this election's coming up and this is, for me, it seems like one of the most divided times. Oh, and by the way, 
we still have people that are at home that haven't come out of their home in our church. Yeah. They haven't come to church because they're dealing with whatever they're dealing with. Some of them have uh, uh, pre-existing conditions. They're protecting themselves. Some people aren't ready to come. And we have to try to balance all of that, but preach the word with authority and not walk in fear. Right. So easy. Like, it's not easy. a big deal. Yeah, it's easy. We got it. We got this. No problem. Here's the beauty of all of this, okay? Is every pastor is going through this. Yes. And you, I, I, I totally in like, one of the things I, I love doing is watching all these pastors. Like I watch from T.D. Jakes to, to, to Stephen Furtick to, uh, to Carl Lenz to, um, I've even watched John MacArthur. Cause like, I mean, he is like <laughs> theolo- theologically we're, we're on a different page. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of things he says I don't agree with, but I love the stance that he's taking right now. So, so like I'm watching all these people and I, and I totally in, like I'm watching Stephen Furtick, who, who I enjoy, uh, and, and I'm watching him talk. And as a pastor, I'm listening to the way he's talking and I've watched him for a while. And I said, Leanne, I can tell by the words he's saying and by the way his face looks that he's going through it. Yeah. Like I can just, yeah. I, I resonate with him. And I think that is in some ways, if I could take beauty out of this, it's like God has leveled the playing field. Mm. Everybody for how many months we were in quarantine, everybody had an empty church. You could have the most beautiful building that could see 10,000 people. Nobody was there. It's like all of a sudden the building didn't matter. It was the gospel. And you know what? I was like, yes, Lord, <laughs> this is so refreshing. It's so good. Now I love people. You know that Linda, yeah. we, I love being around people. And so like, that was hard. And I think every pastor admit that's hard. Like yeah. it don't matter if you're a teacher and you're like, I just love to teach the word. If it's one person, eventually you're like, I hate looking at a camera. Where are people? <laughs> and if you're like me, I just like to hear people shouting, man, I'm like, Oh, but yes. we, but you know, you, you, you learn, yeah. you learn what matters. I guess. So that that's just talking about other pastors. You know, if you could just from a pastor's um, point of view, what would you say then? Like you talked about connecting with other pastors, but what would yeah. you say to like just people, you know, the congregations, like t- if you were pleading on behalf of Stephen Furtick, for oh, his right, church, right. you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. on behalf of other pastors, yeah. um, what would you, what would be your response? Man, I am so passionate about this because nobody understands a pastor, what they go through unless you're doing it, you know, and, or you're like a pastor's kid, you know, uh, so when I, when I think about other pastors, like my heart, I've spent more time over these last few months just reaching out to pastors and just gathering with them because everyone's going through it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they may not say it, but they're dealing with depression. Yeah. They're dealing with stress. Mm-hmm. They feel like yeah. a failure. Uh, they may have had suicidal thoughts. They may be going through this. And I think what, as a, as I would say to a congregant or somebody in the church, man, extend grace to your pastor. Like if he says something on, on, on live stream and it rubs you the wrong way, he's going through it too. Like we forget, like these are not superhuman people. Like they're going through quarantine. Their kids are home all day. You know, like, 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 you know, they, 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 they're going through it. And in that process, like, like we forget, like they're, sometimes we forget our leaders are human. And I think that's what we have to remember. And the other thing is like, step up. Like it, like if this is your church, step up, like call people. You don't need to be on the welcome team to contact people. How are you doing? What's going on? I've seen that happen in our church. And it's probably been one of the greatest things is watching people check in, um, you know, drop off food, do all those things. But if we as a church start to own it, 
and we stop putting it on the pastor to say, it's your job to feed me, it's your job to do it, but we all own it, that would be the greatest thing that any pastor could ever want to come out of this pandemic is to know that our church is actually growing deeper because the numbers... Although they're important, we want people to come to know Jesus. Like when pe- when butts are in seats, like that means people are getting discipled, hopefully. People are knowing Jesus. Yeah. That's important. But the reality is the depth of their walk with God is much more important. Yeah. Jesus said, I- I'm-, I'm sending you out. His great commission was to go and make disciples. So his his when I when I interpret that is, of course, we need to spread the gospel. But Jesus in, in scripture it also talks about that he'll draw all men. If we lift him up, he'll draw all men to himself. He He's going to draw people to him. We're going to be able to see people come to know Christ, but our job is to disciple them. And so we have to disciple people into a place where they begin to own this walk, own this church, and then we can do this together. I think every pastor would love to see that, where people just step up and go, I got this for you. I got that. Hey, I'm praying for you. That's another one. Yeah, please pray yes. for Hey, pray for pray them. For pray them. for their kids. Pray for their yes. wife. Pray for your leaders. Instead of like, if, if you're an email person, instead of sending an email going, ah, I didn't like that thing. Like pause the email <laughs> and pray. Yes. Get a heart of compassion for Amen. your leaders because they are going through it and they just want to do the right thing. Yeah. And every leader is going to make a wrong decision right now yeah. because all bets are off. And here's the last thing I'll say about this is that we have to remember that not one leader saw this coming. And I even talk about the prophetic people. Nobody, 2020 is the year of vision. You missed it, man. You missed it. This was, the, you know, but here's the deal. Nobody saw it. Good news. Jesus did. Yeah. And he had already had a plan in place. And so we got to call upon him as pastors and leaders, and we got to reach out to one another, encourage one yeah. another. I love that you said own it because that's what what our jumping off point for this whole season is, honestly, is we want people to own their faith. Yeah, and that's what's come out of this, I think, yes. for, for us, even individually, is like, okay, we're not meeting as a corporate body. So if I'm actually gonna walk this walk, I have to know what I believe. Yeah. I have to know it deeply right. and, and I have to pursue it on my own without yeah. help necessarily from a pastor, from a congregation environment, right? And so that that is the whole heart for the season two of Springs and Roots is knowing what the Bible says about what we believe and owning it and walking in it. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I want to say this because, because you had mentioned being home and owning it and in our own places, you know, in Acts two, uh, one of my really a powerful message in Acts two from 42 to 47, it talks about the fellowship of the believers. And to me, like that really defines what a church should look like. And smack dab in this, it says this, it says they met in the temples and in their homes. And so here we are, we're so used to going to the temple, to the church, mm-hmm. to, to experience God. And now for the last months, we've been forced to now experience God in our homes. That's a win. Yeah. If we can have the presence of God in our homes, so that's where he should be. That's right. where he should be. Uh, 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 that's a, that's a good, that's a good point right there. He, sh- he should be in our homes, but how many know that most people expect to go to yes. church to yes. experience yes. Jesus. Yes. And now we're being forced because of out of desperation. Desperation is, I hate it, but I also know it's so powerful when we're desperate for God, we got nothing else. It's like all of a sudden God goes, now you're getting it. So I think this moment is in history is a now you're getting it moment, hopefully. Well, and I think to speak back to what you're saying about 2020 and vision, I think that's what's happening. I think this is the year of vision. I think it's clear vision. And it's like what actually matters where he's been shifting off all of the crud. And it's like, let's actually see 
what we're made of, what yeah. we have, what really matters. So I think it has been clear vision, That's just right. not quite what we expect. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. And so another thing, just even speaking on that level of 2020, because all the prophetic people, you know, were saying that for this year. And I absolutely agree with Casey. We've talked about that many yeah. times. Um, so just let's go like really big for a second. Since we have a pastor here, let's yeah. again get a pastor's point of view and go. say, um, you know, again, like you said, this has not been a surprise to the Lord. Right. But I also feel like, and you said this too, you know, God didn't necessarily plan this. He didn't do this to right. us. Um, you know, and usually bad things come from the evil one. Right. And so if, if this pandemic and also just all of the racial division and all of these things that, I mean, like you can see it in the air spiritually, like yeah. it's swirling over our nation. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear your opinion on what do you think? Like, what do you think that the enemy has intended for yeah. this, that God is then going to turn around and use it for his good if we, as, like you said, the church, the hope of the world, yeah. you know, comes up and like, where where do we meet, you know, where Satan's trying to do something evil, right. where we, you know, rise and let the, the light of God shine? Yeah. So, so scripture tells us that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. We know that. That's his tactic. And I believe that the devil's biggest way to do that is by separating and dividing, uh, division. That's a big deal. Uh, and it's easy for the devil to do that because all he has to do is really place some thoughts in our mind. And how many know that when you're left alone, you know, in your room or your home, that it's easy to hear the thoughts of division. So what I've asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what is happening here? You know, what's going on with this? And some of the things that I've noticed, like with the school, um, and with our government, and with jobs and everything, it's constantly putting people alone, you know? Well, you were in contact with this person who had COVID, so now you have to quarantine. Even though you may not have it, you're going to quarantine for 14 days. Okay, you know somebody in, in our school, like if my kid's sitting next to somebody that gets it, uh, then the, the, the teacher or the principal comes in and goes, okay, all four of you people sitting around this guy have to go home. And so you can imagine how that would play on somebody's mind right. when like you're, you're doing life and all of a sudden somebody tells you, go home, don't talk to anybody. And I've, I've asked the Lord and, and, and I've seeing it now that the enemy is trying to destroy people through depression, anxiety, suicide, fear. Fear is the big one. And we, you know, the, the shirts, everything was printed up months ago. Fear over, you know, faith over fear, faith over fear. But fear is such a big deal. I've never seen so many logical people act e irrational. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, like saying things, I'm like, what is going on? And I'm, a, I'm putting my hand up for those of you who can't see at home. I, I, I did it too. Like I thought like, I, what am I, what kind of dumb decisions am I making? Because fear is coming at us from every side. So if you have children, you have an opportunity to be fearful for them. If you have an elderly mom, dad, aunt, uncle, whatever, you're fearful for them because the, and, and the, the interesting thing about it is all the people that tell us all the news, the CDC, the government, it just changes. Yeah. So you're fearful. Like, do, I, I'll, I'll give you an example. Months ago, people were like Lysol wiping down their groceries. Okay. Because uh, it, yes, they were. It, it, anybody in this room that did? Because, no, okay. but I know people that were. And, and because they lived on the groceries for like 2000 years, you know, whatever the number was now, like that has all changed right now. That's not an issue. So now people are bringing their groceries in, it, but, but you 
Can you see the oh, up yeah. and the down, yes. the back and the forth? It's coming, it's going. Yeah. It, we're going to flatten the curve. The curve's coming back. Or it's going up, down. All of that plays on people's minds. Yes. And now we're like, where's the stability? So, so go back on what you asked. What is the Lord wanting to do? I believe the Lord is saying, will you trust me? Not just say faith, not have faith tattooed on your arm and faith is my jam, you know, name our kids faith, but like, like, will you walk in faith? And so now I'm learning that the church is deficient of faith. We think we have faith because we go to church. Well, I serve in children's ministry. I'm on the worship team. You know, I got faith for days, but then we all of a sudden realize as soon as we're being attacked, oh God, where are you? And it's not the faith. So I feel like the enemy is coming with these weapons, but God is saying, I want to raise up my church to defeat these things. So now we have to speak to fear. We have to speak to depression. We have to command suicide to stop. We have to even speak. uh, This is a whole nother thing. We even need to start to walk, like lay hands on people for healing. Yeah, amen. Like like that, that nobody should be getting sick. In, in, in what God's word says, we can lay hands on sick people and they will recover. That's a whole nother message for the church today because many times in the church, we don't even believe that God can heal us. And here we are in COVID and, and, and all these things. I'm not even talking about physical, like even like heal us racially, yeah, heal us, yeah. heal our nation. We got to believe that. Well, we really... we're praying for revival, but revival can't come until there's confession and repentance. That's so right. It ha- that's and right. that starts, that's part of the healing. That's part of that. Um, I just wanted to touch on one thing you were talking about when you were talking about faith. I was realizing as you were saying that, that some of the people that um, I feel like um, who've had the least difficult time kind of navigating this, like mentally who've been more stable maybe, are people who have had walks of faith. Like like yeah. they've had to previously in their lives yeah. make really big steps right. and journeys of faith. And um, I just had never made that connection before. But as you were saying, I was like ticking down my list and I was going, yeah, I, these a few friends that I know personally who just have been like, oh no, this has actually been a good for our family or we're navigating this well and our family's growing closer and we're okay. We trust the Lord. And like, I'm realizing they've all had really difficult circumstances that they've had to walk through that have required large amounts of faith. So they've done it. They've been there, you know? Yeah, that's good. And I think that is, it's, it's that trust thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to read one of Casey's actual favorite um, sets of verses. Yeah. Because as you were talking, this is what I thought about, you know, this is from the prophet Habakkuk and this is what he said, though the fig tree may not blossom for us, though there is no toilet paper in the grocery (laughs) store. Uh, nor fruit be on the vines. Um, that's, I couldn't get any chicken at the grocery store. <laughs> Though the labor of the olive may fail, I can't go to church. <laughs> There's no oil. Yeah. Um, and the fields yield no food. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice mm, in the Lord. Come on. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet yeah. and he will make me walk on the high hills. Yeah. So like, yeah. that's our challenge, church. We know that's who's listening. Yeah. Um, that's where we need to be. Our feet have to be on the rock. Um, this nation is that's not good. our rock. Come on. Um, you know, this government is not our rock. That's right. um, society, unfortunately, is also not right. our rock. Right. Our rock is in Jesus alone. And um, the world can shake, but Jesus won't shake. Amen. And I, the shaking to me once for, I got, I was like, you know, many other people, I was riding that wave, upset, crazy, 
what's happening, you know, whatever. So I just came to that point, like, no, this is actually good. Yeah, and yeah. Satan thinks this is, you know, going to take down the church, but the best days for the church are ahead no because the Lord loves to use the shaking so that the things can come to the top. Mm-hmm. We can get rid of the dross and become stronger in our faith. And he has awesome things ahead for us. Um, we just need to stay the course, come on. stay steady, love, let love be the banner. That's what the Lord told me. Let love be your banner, Linda. Yeah. Um, so we just hope that this has encouraged yeah. people. We oh, yeah. thank Pastor Mark so much. Come on, um, you preaching to me now. Come on, ladies. <laughs> I'm going to get saved again here after this mess. <laughs> yeah, so we just, yeah, we want to encourage. We want just to cast out that net of love. You know, yeah. God is love. Amen. He is love. So He's good. the essence of love. And so we need to love one another, um, not pick up offenses, and just, you know, see what the, the Lord's going to do. Because He's got something good going on. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Oh, Thanks man, it's a pleasure. Taking time out of your busy schedule. It, it, it's a pleasure. I love talking about this stuff. Not COVID, by the way. Not COVID. The, the church. <laughs> I love talking about the church. The kingdom. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>